Welcome to the Chase Sagum Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Sagum. Today we're going to be talking about email marketing, getting a few of you uh, asking questions about email marketing. Should, should we still do it? Is it still worth it? A lot of people hearing that it's old and archaic. It is, but you should be using it, and we're going to talk about why. But first, the intro. I wanted to take a few minutes and put together a quick episode here for you on email marketing. I get asked a lot about whether or not email marketing is still worth doing. If it's a activity in digital marketing that is going to generate a return on investment. And you know, the futurists in the technology world have a great way of minimizing our current technologies so much so that they feel like we're uh, faxing on the back of a dinosaur, to quote Michael Scott from The Office. And it's just not true. Too many times we get too ahead of ourselves. We're so anxious to uh, look for the singularity and artificial intelligence that we can't appreciate the brilliant technologies that are right in front of us and that we're able to use currently today. Nor can we sometimes see the inefficiencies of the current technologies, let alone look too far into the future about things that maybe aren't quite here yet. So with email marketing, I think this is a classic case of this. Email marketing has been the thing for a long time in digital marketing, and for good reason, it produces high returns. It generates a subscriber, somebody who can you can essentially get access to their attention for free, assuming you do good by them and you deliver value to them. And that principle hasn't changed, but some of the rules have changed. And some of the brilliant platforms and services and technologies on the internet today have created a higher expectation for users to where just a simple email blast to a couple million people isn't going to cut it anymore, which is, by the way, a really good thing. Instead, you've got to get more personalized. I talk a lot about sending the right email to the right person at the right time. That's to me, that to me is personalization in the world of email marketing. Sending the right email to the right person at the right time. Well, how do you do that? Well, a few things. I'm going to cover kind of rapid fire a bunch of things that I felt like I needed to talk to you guys about today that I think will help you. So to send the right email to the right person at the right time. First of all, what does that mean? It means personalization. It means you're not generic. It means you know your users. It means you're recording that information, that you've built some smart systems around communicating to people in a very specific way. It means you've put a ton of effort into your content and even in maybe even to your product or service catalog to align with what it is that your people want. There's a lot of things that go into sending the right email to the right person at the right time. From a digital marketer's perspective, just want to cover a few things. Number one, you need an email marketing automation tool or platform. There are a lot of them. And in fact, many of the ESPs of the past, the constant contacts, the the MailChimps of the world, have evolved into being full-fledged marketing automation tools. 
So chances are whatever your email platform is that you're currently using, you probably have those capabilities. If you do not, you need to find one. I personally am a big fan of ActiveCampaign and Klaviyo. I think those two platforms are phenomenal depending on what type of business or service you're in. In e-commerce, Klaviyo has been very friendly to and very good to use for a lot of the projects I've taken on in more of the lead gen business to business world. Active campaign has been really powerful because of the CRM component that it has attached to it. HubSpot's another good one. There's a lot of good ones. You need a marketing automation tool to be able to very meticulously segment users. Let me give you some ideas. Let's say you have a catalog of e-commerce products that you sell on your website. And these products are high-end, they're good quality, and there's a reason for people to continue to come back to you time and time again and buy more and buy other things. There's all sorts of segmentations you want to build in your ESP, and you want to build automations and email drips to align with those. So for example, segmenting customers from non-customers segmenting customers who have purchased with you more than one time or over a certain amount, amount, segmenting customers who have bought very specific products or very specific products within a category, so therefore categorizing their purchases and segmenting them accordingly. Another couple examples are you could build some really cool segmentations based off people who have visited or browsed or even added to cart a specific product but haven't purchased it yet. All of these are examples of things that you can segment by inside of your ESP and your automation tool if they're synced together seamlessly as one. A few other things you can do, you can segment people based on region, those who are in the United States and those who are international, if you're American like me, or vice versa. You can segment based off of another good idea, just throwing a bunch at you here, and hopefully you can digest these, but people who have opened your email and people who have not. People who have never opened an email from you versus people who regularly open emails from you. Or maybe scoring them or segmenting them based on the number of days or number of email campaigns it has been since they opened last. Maybe people who have opened in the last seven days an email from you. People who have opened an email from you in the last 30 days, 60, 90, etc. All of these are segmentation possibilities. And why I highlight all those is because it all has to do with sending the right email to the right person at the right time. If you can build segments based on all of these factors, you can build email drips that are automated based on top of those segmentations, right? If I'm viewing your backpack product, but I haven't purchased it, and I have subscribed to your email address, uh, to your email subscription newsletter, what do those emails look like twice, three times a week over the next four weeks? Versus, I have purchased your backpack, but I haven't purchased the other eight or nine products in your catalog. What do those emails look like on an automated drip? So thinking about how to segment, how to overlay automation so that you don't go crazy and lose your friggin' mind and you have an ability to manage all of this, how to build automations and drips on top of those segmentations. And then here's the really tough part that I see people failing at all over the place. People are doing a good job 
I'm seeing bigger brands at least, they're putting a ton of money and effort into segmentation and automations. And then the content sucks. Don't let the content suck. If you've got their email address, you have their permission to email them a couple times a week. Like, take advantage of that, you know? Like, don't take advantage of the user. Provide them more jabs than you do hooks, right? The whole Gary V thing. But make sure you put a ton of effort into the content. It's so funny. I see people put way more effort in front of a blog for a blog post that, that's going to be, you know, they're hoping will be in, in the Google search results ranking for a specific term than they'll put into the content that they send out to their, their own email subscribers. That makes no sense. Forget Google. You already have the user. You already have their permission to market them and to to communicate to, to them and to portray your ideas to them and your vision for for your product or your service and how you think it can help them and help what you know solve the problems that they have. Who cares? The two comparing the two is just hilarious. Put more effort into your newsletter content. One thing that I highly recommend you do if you don't already, I did this about a year ago where I just said, you know what? I'm tired of not seeing what's out there. Like who's doing newsletters right? And so I started spending time on Google looking for best newsletters newsletters to subscribe to for outdoor gear, best newsletters to subscribe to for traveling, best for workouts, you know, nutrition. I, I started going down the line and I started subscribing to what some of the blogs out there that I trust were recommending as news, newsletters that I should subscribe to. And I started following those. And I just built a simple Google filter that would bucket them automatically into a, a label that I would then go back to and, and analyze once or twice a week, just take a few minutes. And I got so many great ideas for what a good email is and what a bad email is, what a good email drip is and what a bad email drip is. And I highly recommend you do that. There are so many cool, cool email newsletters out there. And, you know, there's one that I'd like to highlight. Um, It's called uh, Next Draft. Uh, Look up Next Draft by Dave Pell. I don't agree with him, like, on everything in terms of politics and things like that. But he does this incredible thing where his pitch to you is essentially he reads the news every morning and across all sorts of subjects in the United States, not just politics, technology, business, economics, you name it, brings it all together into one email newsletter for the day. And it's his writing, so it's his voice, but he's portraying the news and it's incredible. Like this guy's, he has, I think what I've seen, I think he has somewhere close to 20 million million subscribers, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm thinking of the right guy here. And it's no surprise when you get access to the to the newsletters. Like it is, it's incredible stuff. And, and it's all just value, value, value. And at the very end, there's an ad, right? Like, but it's not in, it doesn't feel intrusive to your privacy or to your to your freedom or to your inbox at all. It, you feel like you're getting so much value, you almost want him to have an ad 
in the newsletter because you want to make sure he continues to get paid. That's one example. Um, another example I really like, if you're thinking like products, there's this product called Yeti, Y-E-T-I. Um, I should say it's a brand called Yeti. They have several products. These are more promotional-based emails because they are an e-commerce company, but they do a great job of, of hitting you with a lot of really good content, a lot of good imagery. Another favorite of mine is Elysium. If you've heard of the supplement company called Elysium, their email newsletter is flat-out brilliant. It's The content around it is in, incredibly educational about the products that they're trying to sell, these nutritional products, these supplements, uh, for better health, which is a tough market. Another one I really like is the Fortune term sheet. So it's from fortune.com, and there's a woman named Polina Marinova, and she writes the term sheet, which is a daily newsletter, where she highlights kind of macroeconomic stuff, things that are going on in the U.S. economy, as well as venture capital deals and private equity deals. She kind of covers some really cool financial stuff. Kind of helps you see who's who and who's doing what, moving and shaking in terms of who's getting investment capital, and and it's a it's an interesting insight into what new technologies are coming around the corner and things like that. So those are a couple examples for you. But I highly highly recommend that. Take some time, subscribe to to newsletters if you want to understand how to better market to your audience through email. You have to be a consumer. On the other end of that, you have to learn to have empathy for the consumer, and you do that by subscribing to a bunch of dang newsletters. And when when somebody starts getting annoying, like try subscribing to to the Banana Republic newsletter, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll know what how many emails is too many emails in a week. You'll start to know what's spammy and what's not spammy. It's so difficult to navigate those waters and that level of trust with your newsletter subscribers. But if you are on the other end of that, you can have empathy and understand what's too much, what's too little, what's too aggressive, what's, what's not aggressive enough. You can understand how many jabs you need to have in there versus hooks. But whatever you do, make sure your content's really, really good. If you don't have a copywriter in-house, if you're not a copywriter, hire one. Find one that can understand your brand to such a such a detail that they can communicate it in a very very powerful way so i wanted to drop those nuggets on you with this final statement and the reason i'm making this this episode today email marketing is not dead don't listen to the people who say it is they're wrong but it has fundamentally changed in the old days you could just dump a bunch of people into an email newsletter and just drop massive offers to them and they would buy and you would get their open rates and attention. Those days are long gone. I mean, it's August 2018 at the time of me recording this for you. Like, we are way past that experience with email marketing. What we're in, though, is this world of personalization. The right email to the right person at the right time is the only email marketing strategy that will work successfully for you. And it should still be, it should still be the number one source of revenue for your business if you do it right. Thanks and we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you for listening to the Chase Sagan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud. Also on SoundCloud, you can post uh, any questions or topics you want me to cover for future episodes. And stay tuned for the next one. Thanks.